Welcome to Far Out with Faust. I'm Faust Chicho, and today I'm excited and honored to be talking with an amazing, lovely, luminous human being, Michaela Sheldon. Michaela serves as executive director of the Flower of Life Institute, and that's a nonprofit volunteer organization focused on raising the consciousness of the planet. She is more known for her ability as a trans channel and a medium. Michaela has realized that her purpose in this life is to help everyday people and light workers through a very turbulent and significant shift on the earth. Hello, 2020. <laughs> to accomplish this, she has access to a wide variety of guides, ascended masters, teachers, philosophers, interdimensional beings, and collectives. And Michaela's personal mission, which I love, is to inspire others to live fearlessly, live in their soul's higher purpose. And her story and her teachings inspire audiences to let go of the fear holding them back from embodying their authentic selves in order to create a more meaningful human experience. Michaela, it's an honor to talk to you. Thank you so much for being in with us. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, so let's jump into it. I mean, let's lay a little bit of... Uh, groundwork for people who don't really know who you are. Um, can you talk, walk us through your background a little bit and how the overcoming of chronic, chronic pain kind of led you to this awakening of your intuitive gifts? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, first of all, I, you know, I grew up very um, mainstream, you know, middle-class family. My dad, you know, I live, I'm in, I grew up in Detroit area. You know, my dad worked for GM your automotive family and uh, Catholic up upbringing. I really had no exposure to anything, you wow. know, metaphysical whatsoever in my life. Wow. And yeah, so I did um, just kind of fall into this crazy bout with chronic pain. And it was after the birth of my second daughter, mm. you know, was on that regular conventional Western medicine, you know, mm -hmm. call it hamster wheel mm -hmm. for the sake of pain started on this meditation journey. I really wanted to get off my medications. I just felt like they were, you know, helping me. I had all these crazy side effects. Um, you know, I was washing it down with alcohol. Yeah. Um, and right off the bat, I just fell into this crazy astral world where these deep breaths I was taking were sending me out of body and I was having wow. these crazy blissful experiences. And I, my world just, they rocked my world. I just started to notice so many different things happening. I would hear things that were quite profound and, and things that I didn't really understand. But, you know, it wasn't like I was, this light bulb went off and I thought, oh, I'm channeling because channeling right. was so foreign to me. I had no idea what that was. Right. And at this point I was meditating um, three times a day. Yeah. Uh, morning, noon, and night. And so I went in my room, closed the door, and uh, it was this audible male voice that came in and um, said, I am Jacob. Wow. And, you know, and I hadn't had a name or an identity prior to that. I just had all these ideas, you know, kind mm -hmm. of swirling my head. And it was so loud. I opened my eyes because I thought I would see. You looked around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I looked around yeah. the room. And, um, you know, of course, didn't see anybody. But um, I just felt this blissful kind of buzzy, mm. you know, energy. And I was in a state of just pure joy. And, yeah. you know, that really was kind of the crux of me. Um, even deeper. How do you, I mean, what do you do it? I, I'm talking about making your day. That's just uh, what a Christmas present, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's yeah, too bad. I, you're like, yeah, I can't tell anyone, but you know, I, it's so funny. I keep seeing that there's such a correlation between kind of like this, I mean, at least from what I, what I see people who are raised Catholic um, or Christian and end up um, having a spiritual awakening, you know, it's, it's such a, and I, when I was talking to Daryl, Daryl Anka, who mm -hmm. I know, you know, um, yeah. he was saying the same thing. He's like, they, you know, something like eight out of 10 crazy percentage of people come from that. Yeah. That's just uh, an Isn't interesting. That interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, well, it was great because it challenged me a little bit because I had, you know, I grew up in the, the regular catechism after school and, mm -hmm. you know, very um, indoctrinated into the religion and found out how little I actually paid attention when I had all these, you know, prophets and saints coming in. And uh, <laughs> you know, I would kind who of, are you, them, again? you know, like, tell me who you are. What are you about? <laughs> and, and they would tell me and then I would go look it up and go, oh, you know, like, it yeah. Just, yeah, so it was interesting. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So when you were younger, when you were 
you know, a child growing up and, and was there ever any clairvoyance or, you know, I, I mean, maybe you weren't aware of it. Maybe, maybe you were, I mean, what would you say? Absolutely. Now I didn't realize it until I started channeling. I've always been very clear audience. Mm -hmm. Um, which I didn't realize. And and I've had this sensitivity with sound and and it's just followed me throughout my life. I didn't realize it was there, but looking back, I know it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a, you know, I I think that's one of the rarer forms of clairvoyance, although it's, it's so hard to tell. I was speaking to um, one of my guests last week and was, he was telling me how he's, he's Russian and he's a, he's a physicist and, and physician. And, um, they found a way to test for the, some of these abilities. And he said that, you know, what he found is the people who have them the strongest are the ones who a lot of times don't know it. And the people who are trying to sell their services are usually on the lower end of the spectrum. And I thought that was oh, that's fasc- interesting. fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We kind of went over your, how you had this defining moment of contact or breaking through um, and communicating um, on a level that you were not before. Mm-hmm. What, from there, did you, were you like, okay, I got to, I got to find out what the hell's going on. I was testing myself out. I, I decided to um, start audio recording. And my <laughs> thought was, okay, I'm hearing all of this stuff. So what I hear, I'm going to speak into, mm-hmm. because you know, you're, you, when you're in meditation, it's really hard to, yeah. now I, now I transcribe all the time, but you know, back then I didn't do that. And, um, what really, I guess, caught my attention was my voice would change. Mm. So when I would listen back to my recordings, I would hear these subtle changes in the tone of my voice. If, I had a guide come in who was more masculine, you know, like a Metatron, you know, there was just almost this kind of lower mm-hmm. quality or tone to my voice and my personality even, you know, might change a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the early days of my channeling, um, I had, a, I, I actually did end up taking a course after I was doing it for a really long time because I just didn't, you know, I wanted yeah. to know more. I wanted to, to understand it better. And uh, I went to a local woman and, she tested me out and uh, she said, Oh, you, you grow, you go right to my master class. <laughs> and, then, and she said, Oh, you have so much ectoplasm, so much ectoplasm. And I looked that up. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so gross. But she's right. Because <laughs> on, um, I would shape shift literally my face. I mean, I, I was an open eye channel at the very beginning and my yeah. eyes would change. So I would freak people out. You know? So I started closing my eyes because it was a little too. So wait, interesting. what? I mean, you know, when I think of ectoplasm, I'm thinking immediately of Ghostbusters and like Slimer <laughs> right? and right? like. So, so what did she mean Don't when she Google said that? It. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, well, you know, um, I believe we all we all have plasma, which is an etheric kind of elixir mm-hmm. that helps us to shape shift and time travel. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and, and for for a channel, you really are embodying the essence of that being. Uh, or collective. So they are stepping in and utilizing that etheric field or that plasma to really speak through mm-hmm. you as a vehicle. And so, um, you know, early on, I would really take on the features, the qualities, wow. and the personalities of these beings very, very intensely. Now, I think I still do very subtly, but, you know, like anything you practice, it just yeah. starts to merge with you and, you know, and stabilize, you know, yeah, yeah, more exactly. so. And I started to open up um, an offer to some close friends. Mm-hmm. And that was an interesting period for me where that trust or that, you know, that test I was going through was right. uh, confirmed because I would bring through things for people that I, I, on the other side of the world that I had, I had no idea. No idea about, about yeah. Right? And so, so that was a, another kind of level, I guess, of moving me towards and into something that... Mm. I didn't understand or trust. The channeling process is very mystified, right? I mean, it's yeah. a, it's, and it's misunderstood, I think. And, uh, and there's still a lot of fear around it for a lot of people um, because it's, uh, there's a bit of surrender involved in it. Can you talk, can you talk a little bit about the mechanics of, of channeling, you know, and, and so I believe that 
it's something that we all do anyway, you know, whether we are conscious of it or whether we become conscious of it or not. Um, but for people who, you know, just can't quite comprehend what this what this is. Can you can you talk a little bit about the mechanics of it for us? Yeah, sure. So for me, channeling is simply blending energies. Hmm. Uh, for example, in this room that I'm sitting in, all dimensions exist, but we only perceive a very small fraction of those energies based on our speed of vibration. And that's why meditation is often the gateway to mm -hmm. stepping into channeling, because as you raise your vibrational speed, the, the energy that you hold, you're naturally going to match other things or observe other things in your space. And, and channeling is almost like the, you know, the, the open door to allow those energies to merge with you. Uh, everyone has sensitivities in some way. And a lot yeah. of people are very physical, can feel energetic shifts in the room mm -hmm. or they're empathic, you know, for example. And these are all little intricacies that we have that if we go towards them, we focus on them, they can mm -hmm. become uh, a really big part of our channeling process. And that's really all I did was become very intentional. You know, what yeah. am I hearing? Who is this? Why are you here? What are your names? You know, and, and yeah. just practiced it, practiced it a lot. So um, a little trick that I use, and, um, and you know, I, some people really appreciate this, is that um, I drive my consciousness, my conscious mind, let's say, out of the way. And mm. one of the early on practices was putting myself in a car, a little vehicle, and driving myself across the room or sometimes in the other room and, and sitting myself there so that I'm in, in more of an empty container for whoever and whatever is coming in. And that's an interesting process to try because sometimes you can become an observer and yeah. that's what happened to me is I, I am this kind of um, strange observer of the process where that's... I can be having a thought over here that's different than what's coming out of my mouth. What would you say is the most far out experience you've had oh, channeling? <laughs> well, I channel the Council of Light and mm -hmm. they are a collective of 12 dimensional beings. And... Um, I was meditating one day and connected with them. And I found myself sitting in front of this literal council, like table of all these different beings, some human, you know, some mm -hmm. uh, interdimensional. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a very resistant, um, you know, light worker, let's say, you know, I was, this wasn't something I signed up for. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, Hey guys, why the table? You know, so like, are, we, are we having coffee or what? Right, exactly. I mean, what? why would we bring a physical table here? And they said, well, you brought that here. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, your consciousness this is how you interpret us, but let's show you what we really are. And we merged into light. So I got to experience what it's like to be a part of a, a non-physical 12th dimensional wow. council, which is really hard to put words to, but you know, almost just flowing with all of the thought form and the emotion of the entire collective at once and being yeah. in this high state of bliss. And, you know, it really left a huge impression on me that I'll, that I'll never forget. Um, but I have had a lot of experiences with different beings. I, I see them now. I've had experiences on ships. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lot of really wow. weird and um, so. Were you physically on a ship or were you, were you consciously on a, um, on a ship? I mean, or I was it yeah. not clear? Well, I did have an experience not too long ago um, on an Arcturian ship. And I was, you know, I was kind of playing with this one because uh, about a week before I had seen it, I was sitting in my back on my back deck late at night. And I saw this very bright light, um, almost kind of like a bluish greenish tint that I was following. And I knew it had to be a ship. And, and I asked it to show me confirmation. And it split into almost, not almost, I think there were five or six, five or six different lights. And then it merged back together. So I, it was this beautiful confirmation. Yeah. I felt it in my body. Well, I went back out, you know, asking for more. Mm -hmm. If you ask for more, you'll get it. You're right. So I was back outside about a week later and um, I, it was the morning this time. It wasn't in the evening and um, I was wide awake. I'd had a cup of coffee. I was wide awake and I always start, always start my mornings outside. Mm -hmm. 
And I just started to get really tired. Like my body started to get really heavy. And as mm. I was getting heavy, I saw that light again and I couldn't control it. I just fell asleep. But as my body was asleep in the chair, my consciousness was traveling. I almost you know, saw my body in this tube of white light going up mm. into the ship. And I have experienced a lot of ships that are plasma ships, mm-hmm. you know, same theory. Um, we have the plasma in our bodies. A lot of the ships have um, like a plasma base. I feel that they operate in mm-hmm. and um, found myself face to face with an Arcturian mother of mine that I get messages from a lot. <laughs> uh, her, she calls herself the matriarch. She's this huge, very, um, um, uh, I don't want to say scary, but uh, intimidating, intimidating energy. Cause she's so, so massive. Yeah. And um, I had a tune up, you know, I had a um, yeah. galactic activation that day. And then I came back and found myself in the chair and woke up and uh, took a lot of notes <laughs> yeah. about what I had experienced. So, so I have had those experiences um, not often, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have had them. Not often that you can remember anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to give myself away here, but I, I, I do feel like, you know, when we, when we dream, when we sleep every night, you know, there's an adventure that goes on that we are mostly unaware of or that we physicalize in the mind in a way that is understandable yet likely did not exactly happen that way, you know? Um, but, but there are these experiences like, like you have had where it's a little more pronounced subtle quality too. I was wondering if you've had any experiences, remote viewing and what you think of the, of all that. I haven't necessarily had experiences remote viewing, but I have seen some of the remote viewing technology that our government uses. And um, it's been shown to me um, kind of like a plasma technology as well, um, looking like a a, a mirror shape where there is um, um, a technique that's utilized to project through and not only see what's happening on other sides of the world, but see potentials that are beginning to brew and manifest and ground. And that's something that I don't know is to, is if that's talked about a lot in the um, remote viewing circles, but I do think this is coming back from a lot of ancient civilizations where um, Stargate or portal technologies, um, of course, were utilized for very uh, benevolent mm-hmm. activities as well as malevolent activities. And we have yeah. a little bit of both of that going on on the planet right now. There are some people who speak about and, and, you know, who will tell you that there is really no malevolent um, ET. And I, and I don't know if I would go that far. I mean, a lot of my work does revolve around reptilian consciousness. As a matter of fact, I'm just getting ready to put out the manuscript of my first book, which is all about that. And uh, wow. I had no idea who David Icke was when I first started channeling, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, I, when I, like many others, when I first awakened to everything that was happening on the planet, I was so angry to see we had tampering with our food and, mm-hmm. you know, the genetics of our food and vaccines and fluoride in the water and all these, these crazy things. Um, and I, as you mentioned, I am a volunteer with the Flower of Life Institute. Mm-hmm. And one of our goals at the time um, was to uh, create a conscious action initiative or movement yeah. to actually resolve some of these things. And we were banging our head up against the wall. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was big stuff, right? Um, so I channeled about mm-hmm. it and I had this really significant transmission come through about the reptilians and how unless... Mm-hmm humanity could understand that there was a consciousness that was behind all of this. None of it could ever be resolved because it's great when we do things in physical, but if we don't hold the consciousness to allow that to stick, and I think that's the problem that we've had for many years, um, it it really isn't going to move us forward. So I I do believe, uh, you know, what I channel is not exactly the same as David Icke. Um, 
I think that the reptilians on earth have hybridized with us. Yeah. So in fact, um, we influence everything that happens on the planet in our mm-hmm. daily lives and the choices that we make. Yeah. Um, because we're interwound with that. And I think a lot of what's happening on the planet today is derived from um, past history mm-hmm. coming back up again. Again and again an and again. Right. Yeah. To unwind that and resolve some of these issues. So um, I don't look at reptilians as necessarily being scary, although I know that they certainly can um, yeah. be that way. Um Every collective uh, entity ET that is malevolent is that way for a reason because they went through some cataclysm or some Mm -hmm. war or there's some resource that they need. It's very similar to us. Exactly. Yeah. We act out and we do things that are not in the best interest of others because we have some ever present lack, you know, or, or trauma or hurt. Trauma. Exactly. That we have not healed from what this is. So, so I, I somewhat agree with the statement that you know all beings are at the at the core pure and good, mm-hmm. but they go through challenges just like we do, and things fall out of harmony. Right. Yeah, and then they end up a lot like a lot of humanity on the earth right now. <laughs> and, then, you know, and that's why I think the reptilians actually um, ended up here. Yeah. I think it, you know, it, like the book that I channeled, it, it really goes into the history of their arrival. Um, they were in a dire place. They mm-hmm. were not able to any longer sustain themselves in their star system or create. So they are here siphoning valuable resources and creative energy to keep themselves afloat when right. they are suppressing us to do so. And that's what we're here to realize. <laughs> right. And there are uh, many of us aligned with that they, I mean, that they've, they've been able to do that, I think, because of the alignment in many, in, in many humans that, you know, like, you know, it's like when two forces like that align, it's, it can be powerful. And especially when they come into the status and, and, and resources they need to accumulate that power. So I think that, you know, I mean, what's crazy to me is when you start to become more conscious of things, like vaccines, like the water, like, like, like the, the, the subtle ways that we are making sure that we don't live long, healthy, and happy lives that most people are oblivious to. And you start to try to tell people about this. People think you're crazy. You know, um, that's, the, that's the biggest thing that I run into that I'm continually shocked by that somehow, you know, for pointing out it's like it's like the world needs couples therapy you know we need like a third party to be like no 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 they're telling you that because they're concerned because they're they they care and they want you to be safe not because they want you to feel like you've been fooled or that you're stupid you know what i mean it's like we almost need an interpreter well you're right because what happens when we awaken is we're vibrating at a higher speed so we actually are a different conscious vehicle than many of the people that, you know, we were connected to before. And that's the inherent struggle that I see all of the time um, in private session. It's, you know, it's in couples and families and, you know, friendships where someone wakes up and Mm -hmm. they are trying to have a conversation with someone and speaking a different language. And that's why, you know, there's this um, immediate resistance or, you know, repelling of that information because it just doesn't find a place to land that makes any relevant sense. Um, You know, and it's hard because we are so well-intentioned, you know, Mm -hmm. we're coming from such a place of care and concern uh, for others. But I was explaining this to my daughter the other day, because, you know, when I first, um, you know, had this awakening to chemtrail, I was trying to convince the mailman, you know, and he kind of, (laughs) you know, and and he'd look at me like I was crazy. Yeah. You know, um, it's like the eternal mother in you is trying to mother everyone else, but it sometimes it doesn't come across in the best way. Yeah. Um, If, you know, if someone comes to your door and they're trying to convince (laughs) you that you're going to go to hell because you don't believe in what they believe in, you're probably going to slam the door. Yeah, get out of here, dude. Yeah. better to live it. And that's that's what I've come to. Um, You know, I, I, instead of trying to convince others of what I know, I live it. And yeah, my family thinks I'm out of my flipping mind, but I will tell you 
I see subtle changes in them. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's because of me, but my presence in their life and what I'm creating and how I'm living has an impact on everything that yeah. it comes in contact to. And I think that's a more gentle way um, of us looking at our lives um, in attempting yeah. to serve, you know, and opening the door for others. It's more yeah. powerful than we imagine. <laughs> I think it's because it's hard. It's hard. You know, we don't, we don't kind of, track that change the way we would like if you know if you win, if you win an argument if you if that's even possible or if you convince someone of something and you know their eyes are suddenly open which is a very rare thing but when you start to embody what you know and what you understand and what you believe it changes everything around you you know i mean oh, yeah. and and sometimes it takes a moment or two uh but but you can see it subtly reflected in everything which i always find amazing um so I, I, have you ever had, um, you know, like a vision or have you channeled ever about like kind of mass alien contact and, and, you know, like there's a lot of talk about AI and, and it taking over the, the human race. And I was wondering if you've ever seen or channeled anything about that. I have. So the contact issue has been a constant um, question oh, I bet. Yeah. my events, of course. And, um, I will tell you the guides that I work with, and I work with many, and we talk about this, but the you know, Pleiadians, Arcturians, Lemurians, Atlanteans, many, many, many. Um, they're like, they, they think it's kind of a funny question. They're like, you guys already have contact. <laughs> you, <laughs> I know, I know, right? I, I mean, we, it's just that we want everyone else yeah. to see what we see. And, and that, I think that will eventually happen. I think we're pretty far away from you know, having alien ships land on the planet and Canadians walking, we already have Canadians walking down the street, but, you know, um, have them common, commonly known. And again, it's a vibrational thing. You know, we're not in the vibration that, that would allow that physical merging to really happen. But, but that's why we have conduits and people, you know, across the world who are bringing these messages in and, you know, even people like myself back in the day who are, are hearing that stuff, but don't really know, you know, what they're hearing yet. It's a, you know, contact is here. Um, right. But in terms of AI, uh, I have had some really interesting messages coming in about that. And, in you know, give you a, a kind of a crazy parallel that I just spoke about in a, in a group uh, that I'm working with. Um, so I did a course with, as I mentioned, you know, many of the, uh, we'll call them the Christed ones, you know, mm-hmm. ascended masters like Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And um, they were showing us these dragon gates that they used to work with as a technology. And these even link into Atlantis. A lot of the ancient technologies uh, were based in elements. So mm-hmm. they would utilize the frequencies of water and crystal and that's why the water in our body is a literal, literal technology. You know, it, it just comes back from many of these ancient lifetimes. They, they're programmed and they work together. And that's why our health is so bad today because fluoride in the water, it isn't just something we're meant to physically detoxify. The presence of any chemical in our water bodies on the planet is connected to our energy field because we are that water. You know, there's no separation, yeah. right? Um, so back to the dragon gates, um, some of the messages that came through about them were they were an elemental scanning technology. Hmm. So in order to allow people to pass into these underground mystery schools and in caves, these dragon or elemental technologies would scan their energy field for intention or for purity of intention. Hmm. And uh, I thought, how incredibly crazy is that, that we are, you know, how and I have these eye scanning devices and oh, yeah. you know, all of these things. So it's clear to me that the consciousness of the planet is driving technology because these things are emerging right now that are very similar in scope to what we've had in ancient timelines. And, and, and I think that is good that they're coming to the surface right now because yeah. you know, we are manifesting, I think, potential timelines that can go in a really positive direction. Yeah. But it is the consciousness that drives them. Um, right. So we're the conscious technology or the keepers of the technology, we'll call it. And that's exactly what happened in Atlantis. Um, we had beings that were not of the highest intention come in and, and infiltrate the technology where mm. this was a consciousness raising technology, where it was even 
um, described as very similar to 5G. It's wow. creating a frequency field on the, you know, in Atlantis to keep the consciousness high. And so now we have the opposite where we have 5G coming in to actually lower the frequency yeah. of the earth. But I don't see that as necessarily having to go in a negative direction. Right. I even believe that some of the advanced children that are coming to the planet might take advantage of what's being installed right now and turn it around for us yeah. in a different direction. Because there's no mistake that 5G is, is coating our water. Right. I mean, that, that comes back from ancient timelines. It's just put into a lower consciousness right now. Right. So, so that's my take on it. I think we, it, it remains to be seen. I don't necessarily believe that AI is taking us in the wrong direction. However, we have, we may take of, AI in the wrong direction. Right. And we have a lot of fear on the planet and we have a frequency field being created that could definitely yeah. carry it in. The wrong and, uh, you know, it's, it's ironic that these things have been uh, slightly censored uh, given the reasoning for that. I don't understand how you sent the link between 5G and COVID and how that was declared a red flag and then, you know, shadow band or whatever they call it. I mean, um, but it's so fascinating that it was and that it is. And that fear is of course, like you said, the, the driving factor, um, which I'm, you know, is always a red flag for me whenever, whenever it's being the March, you know, is being led by fear. That's when I, I dig my heels in and I'm like, I'm not going with this. I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's a big red flag for me. Um, yeah. Big thing. Yeah. I think censorship is really important right now. It, it, it's driving new earth in massive ways because if the old platforms are going to censor, if the old conventional news is going to censor, yeah, people will still be there who, who buy into that. But those of us who are tapping into a different source are going to drive new platforms mm-hmm. and you know, all of these new things that I think are inevitable. But to be honest, I, I believe we were getting a little stagnant. You know, yeah. a lot of us were awakened, but not fully stepping in to what we know is true and right. And right. this energy is really forcing, you know, it's making, we have to make some hard decisions right yeah. now, you know, on where we're going to be and where we're going to stand. And it's forcing the new earth forward. Yeah, no, yeah. I love, I love that. And you're absolutely right. It's always an opportunity and you are seeing uh, other platforms with, you know, true, you know, freedom of expression emerge, which I, I think is fantastic because human innovation, you know, will prove itself to be the, uh, the deciding factor in the end, because, you know, we've, we've, the resilience of the human spirit is everything, you know, and if you don't believe that, try to, you know, try to enslave us and, and, and watch what happens. You know, there's, yeah. uh, there's a, a strength of spirit there that I think is strong enough to overcome everything that we're seeing. And I have, you know, great faith that we will eventually, <laughs> you know, I mean, just hoping sooner rather than later. Yeah. But I totally agree with you. I, I think we're heading in the right direction and there's an intelligence to the process. I, I think there's a lot of wiggle room when we go into different influences and energies because we do have free will. Mm-hmm. And, our, and our free will isn't, I think, the end-all be-all of how things arrive, but it's how we navigate that makes all the difference. So, mm-hmm. you know, right now, there's so much instability in the outer world that we're being called to this innate creativity Mm -hmm. to carve out a path that stabilizes us. Yeah. You know, you can see it even in the school situation, for example, that's just one example where, um, you know, schools are open, open and they're closed and here's the new regulations. So we have to wait for something else. And now they're going to be shut down. They're open again. Um, You know, and, and parents are having to go around and around in circles and, that's the old grid. And I talk a lot about the grid shifts in my work. Yes, you do. Um, You know, the old grid is, it's just a third dimensional structure. Everything has a structure, but I think that structure is becoming so unstable that it's just going to be like running and chasing your tail. So we are being called to jump out and say, Mm -hmm. okay, this isn't stable. So I'm going to go over here and I'm going to create stable in a new way. 
And that's taking the steps forward to all of the new things that I think are necessary on the planet. That, yeah. You know, we'll be here for the long haul. Yeah. That's a good, it's, again, it's a great way to look at what's happening and contextualize it in a way that's positive, you know, and will create a positive outcome and experience. And, and I likely inspire many people uh, who may be listening to this. Uh, that's the hope anyway. So I have a fun question <laughs> that I have to ask you, you know, when you were talking about what happened to you uh, in your experience with the, when you were with the collective and then they showed you and allowed you to experience what it was like, it, it made me think of, of my experience on DMT and, and, and ayahuasca. And I, and I was wondering uh, if you've had any experience with that. I have never done um, a psychedelic or ayahuasca and I've, thought about it a lot, but to be honest with you, I feel like I go on such a, <laughs> that I, you know, I just don't really, it's just not on my path Yeah, because, you know, everything that I've uncovered and yeah, I still have some pretty crazy uh, experiences. However, you know, just like anything that we're interacting with the consciousness, the, the group consciousness, even mm-hmm. sometimes if it's a ceremony can dictate those things. So it's really hard to say. I've had, I have actually done a lot of sessions and done some transmissions about plant medicine. And I think it's an incredible ancient tool that was seeded Mm -hmm. here from intergalactics, but it is always um, who is managing and, you know, driving Mm -hmm. the ceremony and the people who come to it because we make this etheric connection, you know, when we, even though we're having our own separate Mm-hmm. You know, trip or identity uh, experience where we're, we're all connected as one when we're doing that in ceremony. So I have had some crazy things come up. Um, so I can't say yeah. that I've channeled that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't, but I, I do love, um, I have had many experiences um, with the elementals and the elves, for example, which really shocked the heck out of me. You know, I think that earthly beings are just so beautiful. They're like ambassadors to help mm-hmm. us really see ourselves in a way that that we've never seen before. And that's their job. You know, that's their assignment. So that's what I know. You know, that's where mm-hmm. I've been as I dive into nature. What's your take on the the, the UFOs that we're seeing and and the, the like the the ships and and are they are they three-dimensional you know are they physical ships or are they interdimensional i mean what's your take on it i think some of them are i think they're all a little bit different i think there are physical ships and there are plasma ships light ships that are operating in a frequency but not necessarily material um so it varies really and i there's an interesting difference um when you see these ships that's dimensionally focused i think um Mm. for example the more physical or material ships we know have to operate in a lower dimension. Not that they're, mm-hmm. you know, less than or any, you know, there's better right. than or less than. It's just different, different choice. Um, so sometimes we can be tuning into a more material dimension and actually, you know, connect with those physical ships where I think the light ships exist in a different, it's just like I, that analogy I used, you know, in this room right here, all 12 dimensions exist, but I'm mm-hmm. only tuning into the, the, physical material right. stuff that's really slow in speed. So it just varies, you know, based on the yeah. consciousness that you are and the vibration that you're in and what you're tuning into. But um, my first book, my first manuscript that I alluded to, um, it talks about the seeding of humanity. Okay. So, so I believe that humanity was seeded by intergalactics. Mm-hmm. And we go into some detail about how they, they hybridized here and some of them did come um, in more of a physical material state on physical ships and mm-hmm. others came from light and manifested into form. So, so I think that's still a part of our experience today Yeah, that we'll experience both. We are interdimensional creatures and that's yeah. where we get it from. Um, right. So there's a lot of talk about this breakaway civilization. And a lot of people believe that some of the, some of the ships we are seeing, you know, um, and maybe they're not wrong, you know, maybe, maybe this is the case sometimes, but I wanted your insight into it, you know, um, 
do you believe that like a breakaway human civilization and like the, the, the I don't know if you've heard the secret space program and the, some of the things that Corey Good talks about um, as far as like the people who were taken off planet, you know, a hundred years ago and started their own civilization, you know, that kind of thing. Do you believe that that is legitimate? In terms of the timeline split, I, I mean, I do believe that humans can and, and maybe will have an opportunity to go elsewhere. You know, I, I think we see that even, you know, merging with, you know, going to Mars and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's really what as an oversold, you know, collective we're here to experience because, you know, we are earthlings for a reason. Our soul chose mm-hmm. physical earth to have an experience. And I think we're shifting dimensions. That's what's happening. So when we, when we look at this from a more grounded viewpoint, um, you know, that structural change that I talked about is, is so evident where we literally do have people that were speaking different languages. We can't even understand each mm-hmm. other, you know, we're going in different directions. And I think, you know, the pandemic itself is, is physically putting in the barriers as we go forward, where there will be, you know, factions of society, perhaps that are, you know, different polarities. Um, and I think that even as terrible as that sounds, I think it's really purposeful because, you know, the Pleiadians told me not too long ago that when the tide is changing, when we have these really extreme polarities on the planet, it it may seem like we're trying to break off into two different earths, but actually the vibrational tide is attempting to go one way. It's Mm kind of like pulling a rubber band and letting it snap in one, you know, one direction or another. And I, I truly think we are going in the right direction and there's going to be mass, mass awakenings mm-hmm. on the planet. But, um, you know, the grid shift is really telling. So I talk about the grid and, and I'll, I'll explain it this way. Um, if you were to be able to see the, you know, the wrought iron structure of a building that has to be there for all the floors and the walls mm-hmm. and all the furniture, and that has to be stable and has to be able to expand and contract and breathe. And, and we are the ones that uphold that structure. Mm -hmm. So as we've awakened and we've changed our perspective, there's been some inequalities, you know, that we've recognized and things need to be fixed and shored up so we can go in the right direction. Right. I don't think that takes us necessarily off earth. Um, You know, everything that I've transmitted in the first book and what I've come to believe is that this, the earth is here. We're, we're going to be here, but things are going to look tremendously different on the other side of the next 10 years. Yeah. This is one of the most incredible timeline shifts. We're going back to times of Atlantis, you know, revisiting the, the cataclysm there. We've got all this history coming up to, you know, reconfigure and reorganize in every single structure, education, finance, um, you know, the way we live, mm-hmm. uh, work environment. We see it. We're moving towards a fifth dimensional experience. And it's yeah. just, it's a freer way to live. Um, um, oh, yeah it's a unity consciousness. It's not a service to self hierarchical model. And mm-hmm. so that's what we're, we're going through right now is the breaking down and, yeah. you know, moving away from that old stuff. Um, so I think it is going to not be extremely easy over the next couple of years, but I'm not necessarily in fear because I think we're going in exactly the right direction and we're all here to navigate it personally. Yeah. And we're going to arrive exactly where we need to be. One of the questions I, I, I love to ask my, my guests and I have to ask you, if you were, if you were leaving on a spaceship and you, know, you, you, you bumped into a few of our friends who were coming to live here among us, what would, what would be three things that you had to tell them that maybe they were unaware of that would make their lives easier living among the human race? Uh, well, the first the first thought I have is they're aware of everything. Right. I was, yeah, and I, when I was asking you the question, I was like, yeah. Um, you know, I would say that for them to arrive here, you know, and show us more of what they know would be one of the most beneficial things that could happen to literally take our hand. But to hold us in, you know, the same light that they hold themselves because at times we know as humans, we make mistakes Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of generational patterns that we're still working out. So we still have these, um, 
blocked emotions and, mm. you know, hurts that have traveled with us for a long period of time. So, so there's still some things on our planet that are not, you know, as pure and loving as what they're used to. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I see, honestly, I see human hybrids in session that are yeah. like, I can't stand it here because, you know, mm. it's so hard. Um, but to yeah. thank, you know, I guess I, it's hard to say I would teach them anything about yeah. it, to thank them, you know, for the support that we do get and yeah. what they've created here. You know, maybe I would caution them to go, hey, you know, this isn't the way you remember it from before, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Different, different timeline. Yeah, yeah. It's like Back to the Future. (laughs) We get to the different timeline. Um, Reincarnation. I, I, I know you, and it's clear you believe in it. What do you think happens when, when we transition, when we die? I believe that when we, well, and I think that's changing actually, which is an interesting question to ask right now because um, in the old grid, which is right that kind of loop where we just cycle in karma. we did come back and replay a lot of earthly lives. I think our reincarnation process was transitioning into, you know, the realm of all that is. And we look, we were able to see through collective eyes, which is very different. It's not a linear perspective anymore. And and we see how every decision affected everything else. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. just in our personal relationships, it's the entire planet. You know, imagine, transitioning into this viewpoint where you realize everything you did had an effect somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that's why we come back, you know, to, to utilize, to pick up those, those things that we really want to change, not because we didn't learn the lesson and we can't have karma and we, you know, we're, we're now um, punished, uh, but <laughs> because we desire so much to actually be able to, to get our fingers dirty again and, and do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we know we're really moving into um, a fifth dimensional grid system, which is a multi-dimensional experience. And it doesn't require us to replay earthly lives again and again and again. And we may choose an earthly life because we think being humans super cool. Right. Um, but I think Crazy. more and more we're going to be transitioning into other, you know, star systems and locations. And, and remember, this isn't linear. We have multiple right. Everything I mean, going, yeah. now, which is just to add another level of confusion to it. Right. Um, but I know exactly that, what you mean. Yeah. You know, that we're living is consecutive and, and goes on and on. And, you know, I, I, I truly believe that this is a, a really significant time of reclaiming soul fragments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, you may have lived this incredible life in ancient Lemuria. And right now that soul fragment is coming back to you, not because you're meant to do it exactly the same way, but there's some knowledge or some ability there that you're integrating and bringing into the now. And that's how I think we were always meant to work. That's been really suppressed in our DNA as well. Mm -hmm. Is that why live these other lives? If there weren't going to be some way to utilize everything from them in every other, (laughs) you know, and that's really where we're moving to is we're reclaiming, the soul fragments from interdimensional lives that, mm-hmm. you know, we're bringing to the earth and you see it every day, you know, mm-hmm. people are like these incredible healing gifts are coming mm-hmm. to the surface and, you know, new technologies mm-hmm. and all of these things where before we were very limited to the earthly stuff. Yeah. A lot of times we were pulling from the karmic, you know, dense lifetimes mm-hmm. instead yeah. of these higher vibrational ones. And, you know, I think the more awareness that people have, of that, the more they're going to experience it and under, come to know it and come to understand it. Um, so I think it's great that you you brought it up and you talk and you're talking about it, um, you know, and that you do talk about it in your teachings and in your transmissions. Uh, I, I love I love listening to them. Um, so I got a question. I love this question. Um, if you were, if you were, if your time here was through and you are leaving the planet um, and you had an opportunity to leave one, one jewel of knowledge or a teaching or a mantra, you know, to the human race before you left one, one thing that would, that would really kind of help all sentient life here to thrive and live in joy. What would you, what would you say to them? 
have more faith and trust in what you planned before coming. Because we have been taught to control so much of what our future holds when in reality, there's a better plan that we're just negotiating and helping to co-create. So let go of the wheel a little bit more and be present with what is so that you can enjoy what's in the now. Because if I were to look back on my life at how much I suffered through things that all worked out in the end, I would want to reclaim that time over again. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Yeah, and I see it. I see it in session. We come with a plan and it's not so specific as we're going to meet that one person who you know we meet. We do have the free will to co-create it, meaning we have preferences mm -hmm. and you know we have desires and yes, we do make physical effort, but, but we're not really meant to effort that hard. Right. <laughs> And, uh, and a lot can happen when we stop yeah. efforting and have a little f more faith in flow, you know, and yeah. allow ourselves to enjoy that flow, even when it seems a little scary. Um, yeah. Usually you know, better than what you're, you're conjuring in the mind. Yeah. Or efforting in the physical. Or yeah. efforting for it in the physical. We do yeah. it in our own way. Slow it down. We get off on tangents. And uh, if we were just to be present with what we have right now, and I, I really think presence, and this is something that I'm channeling in my latest course, we, we learn about this mindfulness presence. It's, mm -hmm. it's really is just a quantum state where everything that we need to source comes in. Mm -hmm. So when we get too far ahead and we branch out too far from that present moment is where we begin to trip it up. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be talking to you if that wasn't the case. If that wasn't how it how it works when you allow you know um which has been a great honor for me um to have you on the show michaela thank you so much uh for for sharing your insights and your story and for continuing to 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 bring your teachings and and messages to the world uh we're gonna like include a link to your website and um and all that jazz so that people can explore more of your teachings but thank you so much for coming on Michaela thank you it was my pleasure appreciate it take care and, and have a great day